we didn't want to be like relying on that income. So we really focused his income on paying off the mortgage. And then that freed us up to do all kinds of things like move to Hawaii for almost two years and to also have him take this like mini retirement and step away from that work that was so crazy. It's kind of like going through a career transition where he's going to be doing something else entirely. So reducing our monthly expenses was the goal. And then we did that. And then that really freed us up. Our younger selves would never believe that this is our life right now. While we are um, saving money and putting money away for the future, we're also trying to enjoy our lives as much as we can. That's why we're here in Hawaii right now and trying to give our kids um, these awesome adventures. Welcome millionaires and future millionaires. You're listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast, the show where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their portfolio allocation. Now to your host, Jace Mattinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Millionaires Unveiled podcast. This is episode number 295. Stace, what's going on? How are you doing? Doing great over here. How are you? Doing great. We just had our daughter's graduation this last week from preschool, which I don't know about you, hun, but in my day, we did not have these kinds of ceremonies and graduation spectaculars and whatever it is for preschool or elementary or any grade, really, other than probably high school. It is admittedly completely overkill, but very cute. So <laughs> I will indulge. I will indulge in the celebrations, but yes, definitely not what we grew up with. We had a good time, though. She had a good time. I do think it is great to celebrate because, as you always say, if you don't celebrate yourself, no one else will. So I'm glad that we could celebrate the little milestone and put a little cap and gown on her and take some cute pictures and all that fun stuff, which brings me to the fact that, I mean, we are, I guess, graduation season is upon us, not just for preschoolers like ours, but for high schoolers and in some colleges, I guess, have already graduated and got out. But uh, there's a lot of people graduating around the country. I put a post on LinkedIn not too long ago, kind of with my my top advice for new graduates that uh, I, I got asked to, to do. But Stace, what would be your piece of, of advice or pieces of advice for new graduates, high school, college, et cetera? That's a good question. That's one to chew on. But when I think of embarking on a new season, and especially that season, graduating, I'm, I'm going to say graduating, moving into college, I guess you could say graduating from, from college as well. They are different, different eras, but say we're graduating from high school again. I think one thing that I did really well was being open to new experiences. I always say that at my funeral, I want, I want them to play uh, One Republic's I Lived because I, I love to see and do and let's go and let's try it. Something that I felt underprepared for, I didn't really notice it as much going into college, but after I graduated from college was I didn't grow up in a home where we talked about finances and I wish I would have had a lot more clarity on income and lifestyle. And I remember, you know, you hear, oh, you'll probably make 50, 60 grand in this profession and you're thinking, I mean, I've been making like, I don't know, somewhere between nine and $11 an hour 
through college. So I'm like, that sounds great. You know, and then you graduate and you're like, wow, that's not very much money. Uh, how, how, how's this going to go? And so I wish that, uh, I wish that I would have had more understanding of, of what this income offers you. And maybe I would have made some different choices uh, in my, in, in my undergraduate career and not that uh, undergraduate choices, which n- not that I'm, I'm sad that I went into to dietetics. I, I'm really passionate about nutrition. I think it's really fun. Uh, I think that it's very useful. Um, but are there other avenues I could have pursued and maybe have been equally interested in that would have made me more money right out of the gate for sure. And, and that might've been something that would have been good to have more open eyes to. So I think if you're, if you're looking into where do I go with my career and you're not very financially literate, um, get some understanding on, on what certain incomes will, will buy you and, and, um, and kind of not, not, not don't pursue things that you aren't passionate about, but, but, um, you know, I, I just, I wish I would have had more, more guidance there. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that that comes up pretty frequently, especially, you know, we have all these majors in college and typically you have to do two years of, of general studies or I don't even know what they call them, core classes nowadays or something. And I always joke with you that I'm like, yo, it's, it's a uh, real interesting that that history class did real well for me as it comes tax season or that, that uh, floral design class did a lot for me when I'm, uh, you know, got a, a house project that, uh, you know, the toilets broke or something and <laughs> all these kinds of things that uh, would have been nice maybe to uh, have a little bit different hands-on experience with some of the things in college instead of taking some of these classes that are, you know, pretty much of, of zero value for your professional and, you know, your career and your life and everything else. But at any rate, we can have another discussion. I digress on that for now. But uh, today on, uh, on, the, on the podcast, we've got Joe and Ashley, power couple, they are living their dream right now. Had a mid-career re- retirement for Joe recently and uh, been living in Hawaii for the last couple of years. So they've, they've got a paid-for house. Net worth's about 1.6, 1.7. Half that's in, in real estate and uh, 25% of it's in retirement, 25% of it's in, in some other investments. So going to be a great interview with them. They both work, or I guess uh, both were working. Joe's on semi-retirement sabbatical right now, uh, but they were working in, in private equity administration. So both CPAs, so we get into that discussion of their career choices uh, at becoming accountants and kind of the trajectory that they took in getting into the private equity uh, fund administration um, aspect of that. So great interview. Can't wait. We have Stu last week. He was a firefighter. His wife was a nurse. They had a net worth of uh, $3.7 million. If you're interested in that, go check it out. Most of that was in real estate. Had an interesting comment come in this last week uh, from YouTube, which is ironic because we're going to be uh, talking to a couple today on this on this podcast. But it basically stated, and I've had a couple other emails about this too, that when we have a guest on the show or somebody comes on, they talk of, of their net worth, but it's in some cases it's household net worth. We don't really define that as household net worth, but at any rate, I just wanted to point that out that in most cases, uh, unless otherwise noted is a household net worth. 
and not to get into the specifics of who earned what or who contributed what, but I don't, and I don't think most people keep separate balance sheets like that. Uh, if they have, we've usually tried to point it out. But if you go look at the Forbes 400, uh, they don't typically, uh, you know, those that, that publish uh, the billionaires list, we, they typically don't segment out like, hey, you know, for example, Mark Cuban's got this net worth and then his wife has this net worth and let's put them separately on there. It's just, it's just a household net worth and, and, and we do the same unless it's otherwise noted. So uh, today we have a couple on together. And their net worth together is 1.6, 1.7. So it'll be a great interview with them. Can't wait for it. Wanted to read a review uh, that got in from uh, Peyton Colo is the name. Said, I started listening in August of 2021. I'm a loyal listener and look forward to listening to updates every Monday. The show has helped me be on track to become a millionaire in the next 10 years. I'm so thankful for all the millionaires that have come on the show. I hope to be part of the show someday as a millionaire. Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate that, Brian. We, too, are very grateful for all the millionaires that come on our show. And if you'd like to come on, send us an email, millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. Also, would love to get more ratings and reviews. It's a great way to thank those millionaires that have come on and shared their story to date. We're getting very close to episode 300 and cannot wait for that. Any further delay, let's get into the episode with Joe and Ashley. Ashley and Joe, do you want to just give us a little about your background and what you're up to now? Yeah, definitely. So I have been in the uh, private equity administration space for over a decade, probably 12 years or so. I I started my career in internal audit, but uh, after that went to a a big four public accounting firm and uh, was there for a couple of busy seasons and then found my way to a a bit of a startup uh, fund administration firm at the time. I think I was like the 11th person on the team and uh, was there for, like I said before, a little over a decade. And so, yeah, my background's just been in accounting. I'm a CPA and uh, right now just uh, enjoying a, a sabbatical slash mini retirement in Hawaii. Awesome. And what about you, Ashley? Yeah, my background is somewhat similar. I started in the fund administration area of accounting as well. When I was still in college, I got an internship and interned for for about a year until I graduated. And then I have been in and out of this space ever since, since that time. That was back in like 2007. It's been a long time. But yeah, we, they've been, the area has been great because I've been able to find jobs in this space that have allowed me to work part-time, taking time off for my kids and so it's been a really great career for me so far. So there's still need for CPAs is what you're telling us. I guess so. <laughs> for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. I think there will always be a need. It, it's wild. They've got a massive shortage right now, right? So I'm sure you're getting hit up constantly for jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see lots of jobs come our way. So l- let's let's dive into the net worth. What's the net worth today and, and how is it allocated? Okay, so right now today we're looking at um, just between 1.6 and 1.7 million, and it's allocated about. Let's see here, we've got about half in real estate, and then about 25% in retirement, and another 25% in other investments. And how did that come about? And just start the jobs and and start putting money away, or kind of walk us through the journey on on how you got to this point. Yeah, love this. So yeah, it started with a job, but really the uh, I guess where we started 
is probably in 2014, both of us were working. We had, we just had had our twins. So we have, we have three girls and we had just had had our twins and we were at Disneyland with, with Ashley's family and our twins had been super sick. So we were just hanging out in a hotel while the rest of the family was out enjoying the park and we were watching HGTV. And uh, I think there was a program called Income Property, something like that. Anyways, this guy that went around and uh, rehabbed different uh, houses and apartments and tried to get as much, tried to get top dollar income, rental income out of those places. So we were, we were sitting there watching that. We're like, we should, we should do this. We really want to do this. And so we kind of, we just made it our goal to find a house where we could like rent out a basement. So do some house hacking, so to speak. So I think that next year we, we, had, we found a little uh, house we downsized actually, because we were like, Hey, let's, let's really focus on paying off our house. And at the same time, we can, we can find a place with a basement. So we found a little tiny place, moved into that. And it did have a basement apartment, but at the time we weren't quite ready to rent that out. And then we were there just really focusing on, on gaining equity and just poured as much as we could from our jobs into paying down the mortgage. And then I think we were there. How long were we there? A couple of years? Almost two years. Almost two years. And then the market was at a point, and this was 2016, I think. Yeah, 2016. The market was still at a point where, well, things started to heat up in real estate. And so we were like, we should we should look for another house, a bigger house with an unfinished basement. And it didn't take us long, and we, and we found something that we really loved. And we had had thoughts about just turning turning in our smaller home into a rental, but well, that is why we bought it. We were planning mm-hmm. on making it a rental, but ultimately we determined that, well, we learned some things about the city. Like it had an upstairs and a downstairs and we thought we could rent those out separately. And we learned that we couldn't, we would have to live in either the upstairs or the downstairs in order to rent out the other half. So it wasn't really fitting our goals anymore. And we were ready for more space because this house was really tiny. So we bought, a different home that was a lot bigger and we could turn the basement into a rental and we could still live there and be comfortable. Yeah. So we ended up selling that little tiny house, which kind of in hindsight, I wish we had hung on to it, but that's right. That's right. It really, I mean, it really helped us, uh, you know, get a better mortgage on our, uh, on the new house and things. So that turned out to be a really good move. We found this, this house with an unfinished basement and it, it was framed at least. And so we did a little bit more work to put a, you know, an, a separate entrance into it. And uh, we finished that out and, and started renting it out. And that, that was huge for us. Yeah, it really accelerated yeah. our net worth. And our other goal was to pay off our mortgage. And so that, that just really accelerated that process. So we were able to pay off our mortgage in 2020. And we were pretty much just doing it by um, living on as little as we needed to. We're pretty simple. Like we don't require a lot of money to get by. Yeah. We just have a few things we like to indulge in, like um, vacations and sometimes like good restaurants and stuff. But month over month, we're pretty easy. And so we realized we had this really decent income and we weren't we didn't really know what to do with it. So we thought we would just try to be smart and reduce our expenses and increase our investments. So that was our focus for a long time. Yeah. And we always had this dream as well to buy more real estate and 
and also we had this dream that just seemed like a pipe dream to to one day live in Hawaii. And then we got to uh, 2021, the beginning of 2021. And Ashley was looking at the the market and the real estate market and found a house not too far from where we lived. And we were like, yeah, we should, we should buy that and turn it into a rental. And we jumped at the opportunity in 2021, if you remember, was like real estate madness. I mean, people were uh, making offers sight unseen, uh, like even cash offers sight unseen in the area where we were living. And I'm sure it was like that throughout the rest of the country. And uh, we just, we just went for it and we got, we got super lucky and there were 39 other people bidding on the house and and we ended up getting it, which is nice. So we, we, we got that, turned that into a rental. And so then we had, you know, basement rental income coming in. We had the rental income from this new house. And then, uh, yeah, then we just started thinking about other goals and it got to a point where we were like, I, I think we had a, we had a vacation plan to Maui in that, that summer. And we took the kids to, to Maui and we we're hanging out there and, and Ashley was like, Hey, we should, we should move here. And I was like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds that sounds great. Yeah, it's totally a dream. We should do it. But she was really, really serious at, about it at that point in time. And so we started looking into it. And uh, I was able to to change my role at work to be a permanent remote job and also only have to work 30 hours a week. Um, Ashley was already working 30 hours a week and fully remote for years. And then uh, yeah, so I I went in, I kind of proposed the idea and you know, people I've worked with for years and years were really great to work with and they're like, "Yeah, you should you should do it." And so that was in June of 2021 and we moved to Hawaii in October of 2021. So that's that's how we got here and it's just been it's been amazing. It's been a great journey. It's been, you know, that looking back, it's I I would totally do it over again and and you know, for the people listening, it definitely doesn't come out. It doesn't doesn't come easy. There's definitely sacrifices that you have to make. You know, I worked, I worked a lot of hours for a lot of years. Or you know, as any accountant out there would understand, but it's made it all worth it in the end. That is amazing. Uh, it's such an amazing journey that you all have been on. Um, so so just to summarize, so Ashley, how many properties are you at now, and are, are they um, cash flowing? Yeah, so we have two. We have our uh, main residence that we rent out the basement, and we have, uh, and that our primary residence in Utah is paid off. And so we get the basement rental income from that. And we're currently not renting out the rest of the house because we were only supposed to be here for a real short <laughs> 11 months and um it's just gotten longer but it's been okay because the basement rental income um more than covers all the expenses gives us some extra money and then our other property uh the mortgage is about half of what we get in the monthly rent and so that one's cash flowing pretty good as well and so yeah yeah yep. that's awesome and and when you originally were were had your primary house you mentioned that you were hoping to start getting that mortgage paid off as soon as possible what what was the driver there if there was one yeah i it was just an so it really comes down to joe's job was very crazy like he was working so many hours and was really stressed out and he didn't know how long he was going to be able to sustain that kind of work life and so our idea was just 
let's get to a point where we've reduced our regular expenses to a point where um, the amount we need to bring in month over month, it just isn't that much. And then life will be a lot simpler because we were, Joe was making a really fantastic income, but we didn't want to be like relying on that income. So we really focused his income on paying off the mortgage. And then that freed us up to do all kinds of things like move to Hawaii for almost two years and to also have him take this like mini retirement and step away from that work that was so crazy. It's kind of like going through a career transition where he's going to be doing something else entirely. So reducing our monthly expenses was the goal. And then we did that. And then that really freed us up. Yeah. And I would add to that just that there's a lot of different opinions on whether or not you should uh, focus your money on paying off your mortgage or, you know, taking that money and investing it. And we decided, and we had those discussions quite a bit, but we finally landed on having, paying off the mortgage so that it would give us peace of mind so that we could do things like we're doing and, and not be stressed about, you know, making sure that mortgage payment was paid. So Anyway, that was that was how we landed on that decision. Yeah, there's a lot more optimal ways to use your money, but at the end of it all, we try to just do the things that make sense for us. How long did it take you to pay that off? It was pretty quick. I think we got it paid off in under four years, but we were really just throwing a lot at it. And we were really lucky to be in a place where Joe was making a really good income. And then my income, I was working honestly just for sanity because... <laughs> Being home with the kids all day was is wonderful and lovely, but I also needed some adult interaction. And so for me, my work was I was just doing it not because we were needing the income, but because I wanted to. But so all that money was just extra and we could just throw it at the house. Did, did you go on vacations or eat out or do anything during that time oh, yeah. or was it literally buckled down? No, that's what I was alluding to before. We we love vacations. We go to we were vacationing to Hawaii as often as we could prior to moving here. We've also done lots of other fun things. We've taken the kids to Disneyland a couple of times and we've gone quite a few places. Yeah, we'll do, we've done different family vacations to, you know, Southern, Southern Utah or lots of staycations. Washington. Yeah, we went to Washington and Oregon and yeah. So So we, we tried to prioritize those vacations and. Yeah. Oh, and I went to Italy. Yeah. So we definitely like we still did things and and um, we didn't try to deprive ourselves. We just tried to be really intentional. So we still did the things we wanted to do and cared to do, but we didn't. We tried to make sure we weren't spending money frivolously. How much do you usually spend in a given month or year? Well, in Hawaii, a lot more than normal because everything is so expensive out here. But in Utah, we probably would spend. I'd say maybe three grand a month or so. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. You know, we usually ask this at, at the end, but what's been the range of, of household income from, from the time that you started your journey together to, I guess now you've probably had a little bit of reduction given that you've got this many retirement mm-hmm. going on and, and whatnot, but what's been the range roughly throughout this, this time period? Yeah, probably between a hundred and what, 250. Maybe maybe more depending on the year with bonuses and things. Yeah, I'd say after bonuses, um, yeah. we had a few years that were more like 400. Yeah, 
That's true. High income means a lot of tax though too, right? Yeah, it sure it does. Really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what's funny is we're both accountants, we're both CPAs, but we actually uh, pay someone to do taxes because <laughs> we're, we're not in the, we don't do taxes. <laughs> For your 3K a month in Utah, does that include childcare? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, so not uh, oh but we don't have to pay for like yeah. daycare if that's yeah not mean. not daycare actually i i do the child care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she she's been able to work from home the entire time so that's yeah when, when, I, been able to do it. when our kids were really little i only worked 10 hours a week and then it just would go up as i was able to as they would go to school and stuff but our kids are all really close in age we have a 10 year old and two nine-year-olds so preschool and school regular school kindergarten all that kind of happened fast yeah got it and there was one there was one point where we did have a nanny for a little bit when the kids were really tiny yeah we had a nanny school. for about a year yeah maybe a little longer yeah depending on where you live that can be thousands of dollars a month yeah yes we do not do that out here in hawaii we're really lucky because my work schedule is from 8 a.m to 2 p.m and that's really close to what the kids school schedule is so it's worked out great. And that was also Joe's schedule when he was working as well. But he, like he said, he started his mini retirement uh, two months ago. And and Joe, when you were working those crazy hours, how many hours a week were you working? Um, it depended, but it, probably on an average week. I mean, it could have been, you know, 50 to 80 hours a week, depending on the oh. time of year or the project that was occurring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot. Yeah. A few, a few uh, all-nighters. <laughs> as well to, to go into that. Joe, let me ask, what what led you to take a mini retirement right now? That's a good question. I think I was ready for a change. And so, you know, I've, I've been in the industry for for a long time and was just ready for for something different. And, and even, and I wouldn't even say that I won't ever go back, in, back into the industry, but needed some time to slow down and just uh, reassess where I wanted to go in my career. That's that was the main driver behind it. Everything was actually going really well. So, <laughs> yeah, everything on on paper was really good, but I felt like it was uh, it was time to to just uh, take some time off. Did your risk tolerance change at all when you paid off your house? That's a good question. I don't I don't know. I think our giving went up, but I don't think that our tolerance changed. Yeah, I think we're still pretty conservative as far as risk goes, but it, I think it just gave us more peace of mind. To feel like, yeah, I guess if, you know, to do something like this where we just uproot our family temporarily and keep things as they are back back on the mainland, back home, that, that definitely gave us more comfort. Were, were these things that you discussed when you were first dating and, and engaged and, and early in your marriage that, that you wanted to do? Or did it take a while for you to get aligned and, and paying off the house and going to Hawaii and taking a mini retirement, et cetera? Um, we've been really lucky. And being pretty aligned all along the way. When we first were married, we joked about moving to Hawaii. And I mean, it, I wasn't joking, but I guess he was because we would, he would, didn't go for it, I guess, at that time. Yeah, yeah. But it was something we always discussed and talked about. We always <laughs> loved coming to Hawaii, visiting Hawaii. That's where we went on our honeymoon. Um, I came several times growing up because I had family over on the big island. And so... We just loved coming out here. And that was like a shared love. We both felt the same way. Um, but early in our marriage, Joe didn't want to leave his job. He 
felt like he was on a good trajectory, which he was. So we stayed where we were. Yeah, it was more, we kind of had these goals of, of moving to Hawaii. I talked to you earlier about this, but that um, our original plan was to just take a summer and move out to Hawaii for the summer. And so that was kind of in our five-year plan back several years ago. And then in 2021, it kind of, all the stars aligned in a way where Joe was ready for a change in his work. He was feeling some burnout and we went on this trip to Maui and I just thought about it and realized I'm already working remotely. I can do that from anywhere. Um, We just need to get Joe working remotely. And then we really could just move to Hawaii and we could move to Hawaii for longer than a summer. So that's when we really got serious about looking at all of that. And it happened pretty quick. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Ashley's definitely been, I mean, we've been, fortunately, I I think we, we realized this when, even when we were dating and engaged that we were pretty aligned when it came to finances. And so that's been, that's been a huge blessing for us uh, throughout our lives and And Ashley really is the brains behind, you know, our budgeting every month and staying on top of it. I mean, this is really her, her passion, her, her hobby is personal finance. And she's really done an awesome job helping us get to where we are. So yeah, a lot of credit goes to her. I love that. And I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that personal finance as a hobby sentiment. Um, yeah. Ashley, something that you mentioned um, in, in your email to us uh, before, before ahead of this interview uh, was around medical bills when your twins were born. I, I'm curious if you could touch on that and, and if, if you were comfortable and talk a little bit about how that impacted your financial health at the time and now. Sure. I feel like with, uh, as with most people, in our earlier days, we didn't have a lot of money. And when we had our twins, we had our older daughter and then our twins came next. And when we had them, they were premature and there were a lot of complications. They spent a lot of time in the NICU. And then once they came home from the NICU, they were still on uh, oxygen and had some other health concerns. And so I remember when we got that NICU bill and it was somewhere between seven hundred and eight hundred thousand dollars before insurance uh, kicked in and paid for the bulk of that. But I just <laughs> we were like, wow, we've got these almost million dollar babies. And that was really overwhelming. Our portion of that was so much smaller, but it was a lot for where we were in life. And it felt like every year we were just trying to plan around those medical bills and get our HSA paid right up front because for several years, our twins would get sick during the winter time, especially like January, February. And so we knew we were going to be having all these medical bills that would pop up. Yeah. So yeah, for so our, after our twins came home from the NICU, there were several more hospital stays with them. There was even a few ambulance rides, one life flight ride, all those things add up very quick. And it was overwhelming in the time because it felt like we were never going to get ahead. It felt like everything we were doing was just to stay afloat. I remember the first year that we didn't spend everything in our HSA and it just felt like. That was amazing. (laughs) amazing. (laughs) Do you invest that HSA? Yeah, we do. 
just yeah, in the market we've got about uh-huh just in the market so we've got about just over 20 grand in hsa so not a ton but it feels like a ton given that we were always taking it to zero for a lot of years and and at that time where were you in your personal finance journey yeah i think we were it took us a long time to even just get to a hundred thousand i think that Probably around 2016, that's when we really had our first, I think we had probably around 150 at that time. In net worth. In net worth. Yeah, in 2016. So it's really just been since then that everything has taken off. So those first several years, we married in 2011. Um, so from 2011 to 2016, that it took us that amount of time to just get to 150. And that felt really hard. That took a lot of sacrifice and a lot of intentionality and a lot of planning. Those years were harder and things were more lean. But after that, especially as Joe's income really went up, growing our net worth got easier and easier. Yeah. And and to kind of shed some light on where we started to when we got married, Ashley had had, had, had a house before we met. And she bought it at the height of the, in 2008, at the, at the worst possible time. Um, and so when we got married, we were underwater in that house. So it took us, you know, that was part of the, one of the, the motivators behind moving to, to a smaller house and downsizing um, so we could write that ship. But yeah, it took us, took us several years. I can't imagine the the conversations back then between the two y'all with student loans and the house, mm-hmm. putting the balance sheet together as, <laughs> as two new CPAs thinking, what what are we going to do here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we had three kids so fast. and um, what, a, what a ride. Yeah. I We were just talking the other day as we were sitting at the cabana by our beach. We were saying, you know, our younger selves would never believe that this is our life right now. Yeah. That's a pretty remarkable story. Congrats to to y'all. So thank you. Where where do you all go from here? Are you trying to target a net worth, cash flow, income? I mean, what what's what's the priority and and what do you kind of what's the outlook here for the next, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years? That is a great question. We our biggest goals are the ones we've already accomplished. And so we feel like we're starting over with the dreaming side of things again, where we're trying to figure out what is it we really want? What do we want to do from here on out? And that's been a lot of what uh, Joe's been exploring as he's taken this mini retirement. He's been trying to figure out what comes next. And we've talked as a couple about what comes next. And we're still trying to figure out those answers. As of right now, we don't have a net worth goal. We would like to increase our cash flow. I think we would like to do that by getting more real estate so that whatever Joe's Next career is he won't have to worry so much about how much he's bringing in. So I think that that's kind of next on the horizon, but we would like to continue to see. We we still, even living out here, we contribute to our 401ks and well, Joe did and then now he doesn't, but <laughs> I still do. We still try to, to live intentionally and we will continue doing that. Yeah. So I assume that our net worth will continue to grow, but we don't have specific goals right now. Yeah, it's like Ashley said, we're just in that that new that dreaming phase again. Yeah, like we were talking the other day, <laughs> we're sitting here in Hawaii. This was like the pinnacle, like the dream of all <laughs> dreams, and now we got to figure out what's next. So yeah, it's a fun process though. It's fun to just to think about it, to get some ideas down on paper, to talk as a couple. It's it's very iterative, but. Uh, 
you know, we, we were able to get to this point. So uh, now it's just looking forward to the future and, and dreaming big again. And hats off to you guys for setting yourselves up to be able to do that. So really, really amazing. Yeah, thank you. Ashley and Joe, you mentioned that when you paid off the house, you you had a little bit of increase in giving. Is there a specific way that, that you go about your giving? Is there a reason why it went up when the house was paid off? I think it went up in part because our expenses went down so much and we suddenly had this really big gap between what we needed and what we had. And so we just started looking for opportunities around us. And and we still do when we see people we know go through hard times or even people we don't know whose story touches our hearts. We try to to give and and bless others, because especially in those times when our twins were young and sick and going through so much, we had so many people help us in so many ways. Not so much financially, but just bringing us meals and taking care of our older daughter and uh, checking in on us, all kinds of wonderful, really kind things. So we've just felt like um, we've had so many great people giving to us that we want to try to pay that forward. And, and sometimes the best way for us to do that is just financially. And then we try to look for other ways as well. But yeah, we just noticed that big gap and thought, well, what else can we do besides just investing it? Yeah. Are there any mistakes that, that you've made along the way that you would caution others against? Good question. Good question. I mean, we've made a ton of mistakes, but they're all kind of lessons learned. You know, like i I bought a house in 2008 when there was all this hype and everybody was talking about how it was a great time to get in the market. And it ended up being the absolute worst time to get in the market. Um, By the time we sold that house seven years later, we sold it for the same price I had bought it for, but we had put money into it. So we sold it at a loss. And that was that was a really hard lesson. So I think maybe just the lesson we learned from that was don't get caught up in all of the hype. Don't do things just because everybody's saying it's a good time for this or that. Really look at what your personal goals are and what you want to get out of this life and make decisions based on those and not on all the voices around you. Yeah, I would echo that. Really, really cut. try to cut out the noise and in your personal finances, especially if you're, you know, if you're married, if you're a couple, just focus on your goals and from your goals, plan your finances and be really intentional. Because money is just a tool. Yeah. It's not, I mean, you can get really caught up in the accumulation of it all, but it really is just there to enhance your life. And so we've tried to make sure that while we are Um, saving money and putting money away for the future, we're also trying to enjoy our lives as much as we can. That's why we're here in Hawaii right now and trying to give our kids um, these awesome adventures. When you talked about the gap between what you were making and and what you needed and and that led to more giving, um, did you feel like you were having to uh, sort of avoid keeping up with the Joneses and how, you know, how much did keeping up with the Joneses sort of play a part in that? Keeping up with the Joneses has never, I want to say it's never been an issue for us, but I would say we've always done a pretty good job not letting that get a, get away from us. Like we've always had <laughs> really <Beater>. ridiculous cars. <laughs> <laughs> like not, I mean, they're great. They're very reliable. And comfortable. And I've told Joe, the only thing that I really need in a vehicle are seat warmers 
and it needs to be an automatic. I don't want a manual, a manual anymore, but and even in Hawaii, seat warmers can be nice, but I don't need a fancy car and it just doesn't bring me joy in just the same way. So I just, just, I'm, I think we're both the accountant gene is strong right there. <laughs> we're, we're just like, we just need cars that get us from A to B and that like work. <laughs> so, so, you know, Honda Odyssey, Honda Civic, that's, that's our jam right there. Yeah. Our Honda Odyssey is pretty sweet. It does have a DVD player. I just <laughs> think that that is the best. That's luxury. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Did you buy those new? No, so we bought them. Actually, they're like salvage title vehicles Yeah. that we bought. And we've had them for years. five plus years. They've been really good cars. Yeah. And how old were they when you bought them? Um, just a few years old. Years I think old, they were yeah. fairly new. But they had been they had been in accidents, I think. Yeah, they had been totaled and then rebuilt. But they've been they've been really, really reliable. I want to rewind us a little bit and, and ask about your childhood. Was there anything specific from your childhood related to money that either you had a change as an adult or philosophy that that you grew up on that changed as you got older and and you know wanted differently for yourself or how did you know how did your childhood play into to some of the decisions you all have made uh, with money and, as adults? Yeah, my childhood is was very key to who I am now as an adult. My dad was and still is a financial planner, and he would have little lessons for us occasionally about making sure we were saving our money and being smart with it. And then the biggest thing was when I was probably between between ten and twelve or somewhere in there. Uh, he sat all of us down and told us that they had paid off their house and that this was a really big accomplishment and it had been a goal of his and that he'd done it and that um, he just wanted everybody in the family to know that that was something that had happened. And so that really stuck with me, especially as I became an adult and got my first job and, and bought my first house and saw how expensive houses are. It blew my mind that anybody could pay one off. But I knew he had done it and I knew it was possible. So it made it a lot easier to uh, set that as a goal for us when we became a couple because we knew it was possible. Yeah. I think my, my childhood too has helped shape who I am is financially. My, my parents from a young age just uh, taught us to, you know, give, give 10%, save 40% and then, you know, do what you do what you want with the 50 percent. that was kind of as i as i grew up that that was the the teachings in our house and i think it really helped enforce saving and uh yeah saving for the future and that's i'm big on saving as well so ashley and i like we said before i think financially we just aligned so well very like-minded very like-minded awesome well let's wrap up with some rapid fire questions What's the most expensive pair of shoes you've purchased? I want both. We've got, we've both answers. Shoes. Um, I've probably spent like 150. Yeah, that's probably about the same for me too. Okay. What's the uh, most expensive meal out that y'all have paid for? Uh, you paid for my dad's. Yeah, I don't even remember how much that was. was oh, a few hundred. Few hundred. Few hundred dollars. Okay. We talked about cars briefly. Yeah. What What vacation? Or experience, I guess you're kind of having a big one right now. But <laughs> is, yeah. is there, is there a, a week long or two week long vacation or experience that's been kind of the the, the, the winner other than the the sabbatical and 
living in Hawaii you're doing right now? Yeah, hard to pair those to this, but we we always vacation nice. We've uh, made it a point. I mean, I, we wouldn't stay in the fanciest hotels or anything, but we if there were things and experiences we wanted to do and have, we definitely paid the money for those. Yeah, and then I, I actually just uh, about a month ago spent two weeks in South America uh, with a friend of mine and that was that was an amazing trip too yeah, but yeah. so what's the most Probably we've ever spent maybe five six five what maybe seven. seven yeah seven thousand yeah okay is there anything i guess we kind of touched on this a little bit too is there anything on the bucket list that that you haven't done or is that what you're working on right now as as you uh decide when you're going to leave hawaii yeah we have a few things that are on the bucket list that we have had on the bucket list for a while One of those is that we want to go to Europe with our kids and backpack around for a few months. So that is one of our goals. And our our girls are getting to an age where that is looking more and more possible. So that's probably one of the next ones. Yep. And then other ones, I don't know. We're still still dreaming those up. Yeah, exactly. If you were to be a college professor, what course would you teach? I would probably teach accounting because that's all I know. Joe could teach anything. Joe is good at anything he tries. Oh, thank you for that. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it would be fun. One of the funnest classes I had year in college was a, uh, it was like a news uh, producing class, uh, a video producing class. And I think that would be a lot of fun to teach. Okay. We got a listener question here for y'all. Timing slash luck, belief in yourself or hard work. How would you rank those? Mm. Wow, that's a tough one. I think that all of them obviously play a role. Hard work is probably at the top. Yeah, hard work, belief in in yourself, yourself, and timing, luck. Yeah, luck is in there, but luck's probably at the bottom. Yeah, because I think think your hard work mixed with an opportunity creates the luck. At least that's how I've felt in my career. Yeah, luck doesn't, it doesn't usually just come out of nowhere. It comes usually because you put yourself in a place intentionally. Yeah. Y'all have had pretty, pretty dang successful careers. Is there any specific career advice that, that you would give out or dole out to, to somebody who's, you know, just starting their career, graduating college or, or just beginning their journey in that regard? Yeah, I would, I would say the, fir- the first couple of years you're, you're learning, you're growing, um, you're getting a handle on whatever career, career you're cho- you choose. And I would say, ask lots of questions. And this is what I, I would tell new people that would come onto my teams is, you know, ask lots of questions when, when you're, when you're curious, when you don't know what to do, because there's people around that can help you through that, you know, work hard, be, be proactive. If you know, if you see something that can be done, um, even if you don't know how to do it, bring it up, bring the idea up to your manager, supervisors, because that can go a long way. So I know as a, you know, being in a career and managing people and things like it's really easy to get kind of stuck in a routine like we, you've done it, you know, one way your entire career. And when someone comes in uh, with fresh pair of eyes and see something can be done different, I always appreciated, appreciated that. So, yeah, work hard, be inquisitive, be curious, learn as much as you can. What about you for Ashley? Yeah, I was going to say be curious and ask a lot of questions and focus on personal growth and not on titles and feeling competitive with others. Just if you do the very best that you can, you're you're going to do well in your career regardless. 
Awesome. That's Ashley and Joe, net worth of $1.6 to $1.7 million. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast with Jace Mattinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website, millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.